You're riding on the Denial Bus with Patty Crouch and Holly Gates. Hello, people. This is weird. I'm just going to just lay it out there, tell you what's going on. I'm sitting in our shed. We have moved the podcasting studio to the the house, my house. So now I am sitting in our barn shed thing in a corner with all these things around me to try to make the sound sound okay. So hopefully it does. Um, if not, we'll make some tweaks and keep going from there. But it's also weird because I'm talking to myself. I mean, that's not completely weird because I usually do talk to myself. But I usually don't talk to myself this long and for the intention of other people hearing it. Does that make sense? Like I usually talk to myself because I just accidentally talk to myself. of like, oh, yeah, I need to get, you know, eggs. Not like, oh, let me have some really deep thoughts in my head and then talk about it intentionally so that someone can hear it. So it's a little freaky. So I'm just letting you know that. So that's in case I get weirded out at some point because I feel already that I'm going to be circular talking, trying to wait for your response, even though you're not here because I'm really talking to myself and trying to talk as if I'm talking to you, but knowing that you're not ever going to answer me because you're not really listening to me right now, but you are listening to me. You're just listening to me at a separate in a future time. Yeah, let's see how this goes. But I wanted to get something out there because A, we didn't post anything last week. B, we're almost not going to post anything this week. And it's just, it's been crazy. I mean, this is a weird time for us. Um, we're still in the middle of the shelter in place with the coronavirus. Um, it's the pandemic, which is so weird because it's a pandemic. Like it's actually around the world. Like every, every, the whole world is going through similar things that I am, which is a weird thing to think about because I'm not normally that big of a thinker in that sense. I'm not a world thinker. Anyway, so it's definitely is interesting. Um, so we hadn't had as much time because even though I am home and I'm no longer working, um, I also have way less time than I normally do because I have three kids that I am constantly with. Even though Chris does take the girls to do school at the dojo, I still have Jackson 24 hours a day and I'm still keeping them, trying to keep everyone sane and it's been a unique juggle, to say the least. Um, but that's what I wanted to talk about. Just like the, what I've learned so far. We've been in shelter in place for 40, I think, five days, 46 days. Um, and it's been interesting. There's been moments where I am completely sad because I realize that my quarantine life isn't much different than my normal life, which then makes me go into the spiral of thoughts of like I have no friends. But then I realize I have lots of friends or not, maybe not lots, but I have friends. But the ones I do have are really good quality friends. Like I know like I can count five or six people right now that I can call and say, hey, I need something. And they would do it for me. And, you know, so I have people and I have people to talk to with, with deep things, you know. So I have friends, um, but I don't have that hangout friend. And I've always wanted the hangout friend. It, it all goes back to wanting to be cool in high school. <laughs> I still want to be part of the popular crew. And so I feel like I am not popular, even though it doesn't matter. And there is no more popular or non-popular. It's just people you hang out with or don't hang out with. But I don't have anyone I hang out with. So it's weird. So I had a moment of sadness in that, of really being sad that I have no hangout friends. 
But then do I need them? Like, I don't even really have time to hang out. So why do I need hangout friends if I don't have time to hang out? Anyways, so yeah. So there was moments of complete sadness because of that. And then there were moments of complete exhaustion because I feel like I'm a cruise director. I feel like I'm constantly trying to figure out what's next so that the kids don't go crazy, even though they're going a little bit crazy. Because there actually hasn't been that bad. Like, we've had a pretty decent shelter in place. Like, I think we're all having fun. I mean, we've had cinnamon rolls for dinner two times this quarantine. I mean, come on. I'm the coolest mother ever. You know, so I'm doing these little things to make it easier for everyone, it seems like. Um, But because of that, I feel like I'm a cruise director. Like, I feel like I'm constantly trying to figure out what's next. What can we do to entertain them? What can we do to just make sure no one's attacking each other and no one goes sane? Because my goal for this whole quarantine was to all make it out alive, obviously. Um, But to make positive memories. Like, I wanted to be a time of like, you know what? It was a little bit scary because we didn't know what was happening. But for the most part, my mom made cinnamon rolls for dinner. And she said yes way more often. And we did movies and we did this. And like, it being a positive thing, not necessarily a negative thing. So doing that and having that be my goal, it seems like I'm always constantly exhausted because I'm constantly planning I've also feel like I've cooked 50,000 meals in my life like oh my goodness just in the month of March and April I feel like I must have cooked 4,000 times and it you know that may be exaggerated but it may also not because my kids eat all the time they now eating their snack that they have at school here but now their snack here is like three snacks and I kid you not we are I just get done cleaning up dinner and Jackson goes, I hungry. I want food. And I'm like, what? You just ate. But they're constantly eating. So I'm constantly feeling like I'm preparing something. Even if preparing something is just putting pretzels in a bowl, it's still being prepared, you know? And I'm trying to say yes more often. Like I'm trying to say, instead of when they ask me something, instead of normally saying no, because I normally say no, I'm trying to be like, well, why can't we? And majority of the time, it's okay. Like the, the majority of the time, the reason why I don't want to do it is because I don't want to clean up afterwards. Oh, you want to paint? Well, painting in my head's like, oh man, that means I have to get all the paint out. I have to make sure that there's paper everywhere. I got to make sure that Jackson's going to stay still so that he doesn't paint the house. I have to then, after it's all done, make sure Jackson washes his hand before everyone also, he doesn't paint the house again. And then I have to clean everything up. And then I have to make sure I hung everything up to dry. Like, it's just, there's so much cleaning involved. And I usually go, no, we don't have time. But now it's like, well, we do have time. And so why am I saying no? I'm saying no because I'm lazy. So I've learned that too. So I've learned also that I'm lazy. (laughs) I'm this mixture because most people are like, you're not lazy. You do all these things. I do all these things when I'm motivated. And when I'm motivated, I kick ass. I am like amazing. I can do the cruise director stuff. I can play with shaving cream. I can do the painting. I can do the cinnamon raisin bread from the bread machine. I can make all these things. But in reality, I'm like, majority of the time, I'm too lazy to do any of it. So if I have a good day, then I conquer the world. But those good days come maybe once or twice a week. And so the rest of the five days of the week, I am the most lazy, unproductive person ever which is interesting to me. I don't know how to change that. I don't want to be lazy, like especially because Chris hates lazy people. So I don't want to be lazy, but I find myself just not wanting to do anything. 
And then some of it's valid. Some of it's like we're living in the pandemic and I have my kids all the time and I am exhausted and stuff. And some of it's just pure laziness. Like these people who are in quarantine by themselves, I'm like, oh, you get to binge watch whatever you want, you know? But at the same time, I've really enjoyed the family connection time that we've had. Like I've gotten to spend, well, before distance learning, distance learning changed everything. But before distance learning, I felt like the quarantine was phenomenal. Now that distance learning is happening, it's a lot different. I don't see the girls nearly as much because Chris is handling their schooling and I'm only handling Jackson and Jackson's kind of like a hit or miss. You kind of just have to make sure you see his cues. If he seems calm, then I pull something out and do it. If he doesn't seem calm, then I just let him play with the bugs that he's playing with. Or if he wants something, I say, do this, then that, and then he does it for the two times that he needs. Because everything that I do with him is like, the whole, everything takes like five minutes and then he's done because he has no, he has the attention span of a squirrel. So anyways, I digress. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. But this, this quarantine's changed me. That's what I know is that it's done. It's changed me for the better, not for the worst, and which is good. <laughs> it would suck if it changed me for the worst. Anyway, the thing, one of the thing ways that it changed me is that I had a day of sadness and I was like, why am I sad? And I was like trying to figure it out. And what happened was that the outside world was creeping in again. And when the quarantine happened, it all ceased, right? And then as distance learning started to happen, I started to get things coming. We started OT again. We started ABA again. We started doing the distance learning on Zoom things and just trying to figure out schedules and how it conflicts with the three kids who have three IEPs and all of them have sessions on Zoom. And and I started getting stressed again. And I was sitting here going like, I was, I was super, I was legitly sad because I was getting stressed and having anxiety over all these things. And I realized that the people person, the people pleaser person in me was coming out again. And when the outside world ended, like, it didn't end, but when the outside world stopped interfering with, with our little nuclear family, I was in control. I was the one saying, let's paint. I was the one saying, we can do this. I was the one saying, let's watch a movie. I was the one saying, we don't have to get out of our PJs. I had complete control. And it was great because I didn't choose stressful things. <laughs> I didn't choose things that are going to put me over the top. I chose what I could handle. And it was amazing. And then all of a sudden inside, like this outside world started creeping in. And all of a sudden I had all these other commitments and people to ask, like answer to. And I hated it. And I thought like, okay, like how do I let the outside world in? Because we can't live in a bunker. It's unhealthy. God didn't create us to live alone. You know, we're supposed to be in community. So how do I do that while still remaining control? of my family and not letting stress and guilt in. And honestly, I don't know 100% how to do it, but I know what I'm doing right now is working and I'm going to keep doing it. And basically, I'm trying and if it doesn't work, I'm saying no. So we did Zoom classes with Jackson and he had two a day and it seemed like logical on paper like okay we'll do two a day we'll do them on an hour apart and then I'll do his letter cards in the morning and I'll be that's you know do this in the afternoon and we'll do the arts thing here and whatever but getting him to be calm at a certain time yeah <laughs> herding cats my friend it's like herding cats like it doesn't work 
And so I would try these different things and we did it for two weeks and I felt bad for his sped teacher, right? His special ed teacher was trying her hardest and we were trying, we were changing the times to see if that would work because we had them all in the afternoon, which I knew wasn't going to work, but that's what they scheduled. And I was like, you know, before I complain about it, let's try it. You know, the crouches make educated decisions. So I decided to try it and it didn't work. So then we moved it to the morning and then those were just as bad. And then I was sitting here going, how, like, what, how do we do this? Like it literally was trying to get him. I, so I tried to calm him down before we would get on the session. And then we wouldn't be able to get on the session because technical difficulties and then all of that, like the finally we got on, he'd be over it or everything would go the way plan. I got him calm. I would sit him down and he would be into it for like a minute and a half, two minutes. And then he's done. Like he doesn't want to sit down and do it. And it's hard because it's a screen, you know, and there's a person behind the screen. And the only thing he's ever known is the TV. And those people are animated and it takes months to figure it out. And they've like done psychology and they know how to keep his attention. The sped teacher isn't an animator, is not in her entertainment. She knows how to teach in person. And she's trying to teach through the the Zoom. And then one Monday, it just, it didn't work. And I was exhausted and it was a Monday and she looked like worn out. And this was week three of distance learning, but she looked completely worn out. And I just sat there and was like, what are we doing? And I told her this, I was like, what are we doing? I was like, when do we try it for another week and then say it's not working? I go, because I'm stressed trying to get him to sit for whatever time when even for like a two minutes like two minutes out of the 15 minute session and she is exhausted and I'm sitting here going are we getting anything out of it and we she was like I don't know and I was like let's try something else let's try videos so that way we can do it when he's calm and I can just be you know and I was like why don't you just create a lesson plan for me and then I'll just execute your lesson plan because I don't have the bandwidth to create and to execute. I only had the bandwidth to do one or the other. And I'm not the teacher, so I don't want to execute lesson plans. Like, you tell me what the lesson plan is, I will do it. I can have him trace his name. I can go through his letter cards, but you, t- I, I can't decide this is how he needs to trace his name. And this, you know, like, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. And it's been phenomenal. It's been so good. So then I just sat there and realized I said no. Like I said, this isn't working and it's not going to happen. And I also had conversations with everyone of I'm not going to bring stress and anxiety and guilt back in my life. I'll get to the guilt in a minute. I'm not going to bring stress and anxiety back in my life. So if this isn't working, it's not working. And if it's stressful, it's not. Since we stopped those Zoom meetings, it has been so nice. And Jackson has done so much. He's traced his name almost every day. There was a couple days we didn't do it. He traced his name almost every single day. He's done his letter cards every single day. We've counted more. I'm like, he's helping me with laundry and I'm counting the underwear as it goes into the laundry, you know, and we got fish, a whole other story. We got fish and I'm making him count his fish whenever he looks at it. And I'm making him count like random things as we, let's count the trees as we go on walks. Like I'm doing more life learning than I ever have because I was kind of expecting the teachers to do it during the zoom session and that wasn't working and now it's like oh I'm teaching my kid and this is great and it was amazing also having these conversations saying I wasn't going to have stress back in my life because all of them agreed 
No one said, oh, no, 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 no. You really need to do the Zoom classes. Everyone said, yeah, all right. And then it made me think, like, why did I not do that sooner? Like, why, not necessarily for, like, obviously the Zoom classes, but for, like, other things. Like, if it was stressful, why didn't I just say, you know what? We don't have time for this or emotional bandwidth for this in my house. Like, I'm sorry, we'll try again at another time. You know? Like, even with OT and stuff, like, as I've always felt that obligation to, like, do all the, the things that they've asked me to do. And when I've said, like, look, I'll do one thing, I've done it. But sometimes they tell me three or four things I should be working on. And I'm like, dude, you gave me two or three things. The speech therapist gave me two or three things. And the occup- and the occupational gave me two or three things. Like, that's like nine things that everyone wants me to do. And I still got to make laundry. Like, make laundry. I guess, well, I make the laundry easily by wearing clothes. I still got to do laundry and make dinner and keep other two other kids alive. Like, this isn't, and a husband. Like, that doesn't work. So I just realized, I realized how much other people control our lives and I realized how much I'm not going to let that happen anymore because we're so much happier and so much more connected when there isn't that stress and anxiety. And granted, we're going to do hard things and we're going to push through hard things. Like I wish I didn't have to teach my kids how to write or read because that's stressful. So yes, we're going to go through the hard things, but I'm really looking at everything now going Do we have the emotional space to handle this? And if it's a yes, we'll do it. And if it's a no, then we won't. And I'm going to be okay with that. Because that's the other thing I'm learning is that how much guilt I put on myself of wanting to be that perfect mother, wanting to be that, like, I feel like the kids have less, I don't have a big margin to screw up, right? In my head, because the girls and Jackson, especially Jackson. Because the girls in Jackson started off so behind. Like they already have so much going against them because of the start of life that they were dealt. So part of me is like, I can't screw them up anymore. You know, I don't have the pleasure of screwing up my kids like everyone else does because bio mom already did that kind of thing, right? So I put all this guilt of what I'm doing and not doing. And I just realized that, like, I'm not doing it anymore. Like, it's not worth it. And my kids feel loved. And as long as they feel loved and cherished and know that I'm doing the best that I can do to make them the best that they can be, that's all that matters. And that means that they don't have to do the Zoom calls because that's not going to be best for them. You know, like, it's, it's still interesting because I still go through the process And I'm trying to decide whether or not that process is needed or not. But I have this process of where I feel guilty. And then I have this mental battle in my head of like, no, why am I feeling guilty about this? Like, there's no reason to feel guilty. And it's the battle. And so it's this this conversation in my head. And it doesn't take long anymore. Like, I've gotten the battle for like five minutes. But it's still exhausting doing it. Like, even though I told all the teachers I was, in a, I was not doing all this stuff to add stress and anxiety in my life, I still felt bad because I knew that they were working on it and I knew that they were doing, working hard and all this stuff. And then I realized, wait, no. No, 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 it's fine. But I still had that battle, like that conversation in my head of that mental roller coaster that you, you have with yourself. And I was exhausted. And I was like, why am I so tired? I'm like, because I'm constantly talking myself out of guilt. So I don't know, I mean, 
I know it has to be a mind switch and I don't know how to get there because, you know, it's like a weird conversation, but it's guilt to a certain extent is healthy in the sense that it gives you a healthy conviction of what to do right, of, of right and wrong and that kind of stuff. But this guilt isn't necessarily right, you know? And so it's like, I wonder when it's going to switch or what I need to do to make it switch that I'm no longer doing mental gymnastics in my head and being tired, you know? Because I'm 48 years old. I can't do gymnastics in my head, even if it's even if it's mental, okay? I can't do gymnastics anymore. So I'll, I don't know. I'll have to, like, process through that a little bit more of what needs to be done for that. I don't know what that is. Like, just how do, how do you stop that mental gymnastics? Like, how do you stop that mental battle of not feeling guilty? So, I mean, I, I get there, and I get there within minutes now. But I wish I didn't have to do that, you know? I don't know. This also has helped me become a better wife to a certain degree. I guess more I realize my shortcomings a little bit. And I don't even know how to, like, explain this because it's not, like, a shortcoming, but it's a shortcoming, and there's ownership I need to take as well as ownership that Chris needs to take for our marriage. But this was hard on him and is hard on him. Like, he has so many levels to contend with, and I feel like I don't. Like, I feel like my level is really, don't get me wrong, my level is really important, Maybe even more important than his level. That sounds really weird. Okay, let me just talk before. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Chris has to deal with BKM, his his business, right? And it's closed. And he has to worry. He doesn't have to worry. But he's trying to do everything possible to make it not fold, you know, to make sure that we can be open, that BKM can be open when he get, when this is all done. And then he has the level of, like, providing for all of us, which somewhat goes into BKM as well. But then there's that emotional level of making sure we're all okay. And then there's his emotional level of him making sure he's okay. And for me, it's like, I have the most important job in the world, which is to make sure everyone's emotional well-being is being good. And that's real. It's that's, that's the most important thing in the world, right? Is making people, making sure that Lexi, Zandy, Jackson, and Chris all feel loved and all are served. Like that's my main purpose in life, is making sure that those three little souls and hearts, and Chris, his soul and heart, are loved and that they're reaching their most potential. But that's all I have to worry about. <laughs> all like. Like, I don't necessarily have to worry about how we're going to feed the family or how we're going to pay the mortgage or how we have to do everything else. Like, Chris handles all the outside world in that sense. I mean, I handle, I'm, I'm, I know I'm simplifying it. Like, it's just, I don't even know how to explain this. It's so abstract in my head. I just feel like Chris has so many levels to contend with and I have one which is the most important but it's just still just one you know and as a guy I feel like this has just been so hard on him because I'm seeing the emotional like silver lining that we get to spend time as a family and he's seeing like I got to take care of this family 
and he's used to doing and he hasn't been able to do anything. Like he is making up shit to do so that he feels like he's providing because he can't go work. And it's hard on him. And I was giving him all this grace. Like I was letting him go into the shed and build and fix things and do all this stuff. But then when he was coming home, he was still just angry. And it wasn't working. So we had this conversation and I just realized how much harder the quarantine is on males. Like how many levels they have to contend with that I don't. And I'm really like grateful for that. That I can really have like laser precision focus on everyone's well-being. And that's it. Yeah, it was, it's interesting. Like it's, I'm still processing through that one a little bit more too because it's hard when you don't know how to support someone and then you ask them and they don't know how to support them own selves and you're like, well, how am I supposed to know how to support you if you don't know how to support you? But we're all going through this together and we're all trying to figure it out. And I keep just keeping the communication open and keep telling him, this is how I'm feeling. I'm getting tired of cooking. Can we figure out something out? And then he comes back with, let's make a meal plan and then I'll cook dinners and you cook lunches. And I'm like, okay, that sounds good. And we'll see how it works. And, you know, problem solving being in this together and trying to figure it all out. And then trying to give way more grace than I normally would. But then again, then I start thinking, well, why would I not normally give this much grace? Like he deserves all the grace in the world. Like I should be giving him all the grace. So it's interesting how this all is. And, you know, and we haven't had alone time in 45 days or however long this quarantine is. Like that's long for us not to really be able to connect. And we could, I mean, don't get me wrong, we connected and we're trying, like we're trying to do a game night for us so that we can see each other more off, you know, more often. And we're trying to get into one of his, he wants to see Battlestar Galactica or some movie, not movie, series. And I'm like, cool, okay, let's try it. Let's have, give us something to do together for both of us to look forward to. So we're trying to make time for our, for us, but it's also hard when your kids are going to bed a little bit later because they don't really have to get up in the morning and, you know. It's interesting. It's interesting. And it's weird not having someone to banter with. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of going, hmm, what did I just say? Yeah. So the other thing I really learned, which someone told me before, but I've seen it play out, is the tone that I set in the house is the tone that everyone takes on. It seems like. There's no seems like. When I'm productive, everyone else seems productive. When I'm moody and snappy, everyone else is moody and snappy. And I've lo- no, it's, I've seen this really blatantly with Jackson trying to teach him. The days where I have the patience and I have the motivation, we do a lot. The days where I'm tired, I'm I'm not into it. He's not into it. 
the days where I'm able to like bounce back with humor with the girls after them being in a bad mood, they recover. The days where I'm snappy, it's a snappy uterus day, and then they're snappy, we're all just snappy, and it just is miserable. And on one side, I'm really excited to know this. Like, I I've knew it before, and I've been living like it. But seeing it play out again, it's like this catch-22 where there's, on one side, I'm excited because I know that I am in control of how this t- the tone of the house can be. But on the other side, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Because it feels like I don't have time to be off. Which isn't true. Because if I'm off, I just need to tell Chris, hey, I, I'm off. And he can pick up the slack. Because he will. But I also realize that, like, Chris and I have to be good in order for me to be able to be on. Like, when he's angry and then I get angry at him, like, we just all might as well kill each other because it's just not working. So there's a lot of pressure to do that, but there's also some relief in that, too, knowing that I'm in control. So the tone of who I am creates the tone of how everyone else is. So, anyways, it simplifies things. I don't know, people. This is this weird time that we're living in. And it's really great. And it's really crappy. And I've learned a lot and I've had way too much time to think in the sense of only having to focus on my family has really helped me have laser precision focus. And at the same time, I have no time at all. I haven't. I have no time to do the podcast and edit it. I have no time to do the things that need to be done because these little people are here all the time. So, yeah, so I'm hoping and praying that when we come out of this on the other end, that the new normal includes me being able to continue to not let stress in and have not have guilt on being on being and doing being who I am and doing what I do and the choices I make, and that I continue to give Chris. The grace that I'm giving him now. So those are my three uh, goals for post-pandemic. I also want to go to Disneyland. I also realize that Disneyland really becomes this place where I can just forget that there's an outside world and just enjoy the kids. All right. That's it, people. You guys are great. And y'all are doing great things. Thanks for listening. Thanks for riding on the denial bus. But your stop's coming up. You're going to have to get off. Get back to the real world. Life. Don't worry. You got this.